contains profanity and topics may be disturbing to some viewers. Listen at your own risk. Welcome back to Hell on Heels podcast. I'm Bryce. I'm Brianna. I'm Amanda. And welcome back. How are you, you guys? <laughs> you think, right? I can't believe I recited the whole thing. The, you only got one word wrong out of the whole thing. What? And it, uh, some topics may be disturbing for some listeners. Oh. And you said well, viewers. yeah, I said viewers, didn't I? Yeah. Well, That's the only word. Y'all know that you're listeners. <laughs> okay. If you don't, um, then go and watch some TV or something. You can be a viewer then. Uh, all right. Well, this... I guess I don't need to do the intro. Bree already has it covered. I'm Bryce. I'm Brianna. I'm Amanda. And hi again. I, I guess I'm fired. Bree's going to do it all. <laughs> I'm not needed for anything. I'm going to move on, pack my Bryce shit, Bryce is needed and for everything. Bryce, you're amazing. We love you. Well, hi everyone. That was that was the uh, that's a new intro for everything. I'm just gonna have Bree do it. <laughs> I mean, we've we've heard it. When, yeah, but we, we've I mean he- heard it, and I've said it how many times? I still don't have that memorized. I still look at the notes. <laughs> I've got too much going on up here that it's not going to comp- compute. I feel for long term. I feel that. I feel that. So. I'm one of those people though who like. I don't know, memorizes like people's phone numbers and stuff. So I can, I can memorize stuff pretty well. I, I'd like to think, you know. Well, like I memorize like my husband's number and that type of stuff, but like anything outside of oh, that. Oh no, literally like random people's phone numbers. Like literally I will, the person who like calls me or whatever with surprisingly like the first three digits of their well obviously the first three digits because it's like you know the same area code but then the next three digits are also my phone number and i'll memorize that to make sure that you know that person or that phone number doesn't call me again because if they do then i'm gonna block it yeah yeah, i don't have that issue i just kind of um go with the flow so any exciting news y'all well amanda you go first and then i'll tell you guys what i did today what happened (laughs) i'm sorry we were talking about how you were going to pay us a million dollars. Yeah. Uh, put it on my tab. <laughs> also, no. um, completely also, unrelated, I will be probably filing bankruptcy soon. Not really. Oh, but I will if y'all put that on my tab. Oh, I'll put it on your tab. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, well, that's some news right there. <laughs> no. no. Okay. No, <laughs> James uh, no, is probably I, gonna. He's, this is gonna be the one episode he listens to, and he's gonna be like, "Babe, stop telling people we're fucking poor." <laughs> be like, "Well, if I owe Bree and Amanda a million dollars a piece, yeah. If I oh, owe Amanda a million dollars, we'll be okay. But if I owe Bryce a million dollars, and Bryce, say Amanda, I don't know. You owe that's a million dollars each, by the way. Yeah, yeah, it's each. Like we're hard, hard stuck poor in that situation. Yeah. I don't, I don't blame you. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, no, I was just saying you can go and do your update first before I tell you guys what I did today. I think you'll enjoy it. Um, my only update is that my technophobe grandparents got a smartphone. Oh. Because apparently their phone company is cutting off phones that are not smart. So they had to upgrade. Those dumb phones. How dare they not have a smartphone yet? Like... They, my grandparents are the type of people that the family got together and gave them a computer and 
my grandma put it in the closet. <laughs> but when they found out, when I was like, well, now I'll be able to, you know, send y'all videos of the baby, they very quickly changed their mind. And they have been absolutely loving it. I'm sending y'all pictures because they've been learning how to video chat. Oh. And I'm sending y'all pictures of that. It was freaking hilarious. I love it. I love it a lot. Hold on. I have to pull up my text messages so I'm prepared. Yeah, I sent it to the group chat. Okay. <laughs> We're not moving past this till I see the pictures, by the way. So I don't care if it takes an hour to come in. We will sit here for an hour. Oh, oh my. Those are adorable. I love these. <laughs> okay. Look up close and personal with the camera. Yes. There's one, and we'll we'll post them. I'm sure it's fine. But my grandpa, his his face is like the whole camera because he's looking oh, at. That's the last one. <laughs> yeah. You just have a little corner up here where you can see the ceiling. Yes. So they are they're precious. It's been lots of like two three hour phone calls that are like, hey, how do I do this? But it's just so damn cute and wholesome. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. All right, all right. Well, are you guys ready for my update? Because I was very excited. And um, also partly the reason I was okay moving the recording from yesterday to today and then doing a recording on Wednesday. Um, my husband and I, for our Christmas, we got Lagoon season passes. And Lagoon is a, an amusement park. And so we went to Lagoon today because it was their opening weekend. Ooh, that <laughs> sounds oh, like that fun. Sounds, yes, it that was sounds like a blast. So good. And we took my little sister with. and. I mean, obviously she had to go. My, my parents also got her a season pass, so it kind of made sense to take everyone. And so <clears throat> we did a little handoff. I, I took the child. My parents took the puppy. And <laughs> we, I, we went to Lagoon, and it, it was just really nice. Like, we were there a little bit before they opened because we knew we had to get pictures done for the actual season passports. And we were actually able to do most of, like, the big rides. And the wait wasn't bad. We were only there for like four or five hours. It was really fun. That's not bad at all, especially for opening day. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they opened and yesterday. And considering it's a Sunday too. Yeah. Because they opened yesterday and then I came. Well, Utah is a little different for Sundays. It's normally the park is less busy on a Sunday because everyone's in church. Oh. So. Yeah. That is not how it is. And uh, there's a water park here called Schlitterbahn. Well, th technically, they opened a second Schlitterbahn in Galveston, but the big one is in New Braunfels. And, I mean, you will not imagine the number of people there on Sundays. I mean, it's crazy. You've got to think. So in that Utah, we have a – it's a culture shock because when you come to Utah, there's a ton of stuff that's just closed. Like, there's a water park here that's closed on Sundays. There's Boondocks, which is, like, kind of – it's not really the same as Lagoon, but – um they're close like there's just a whole bunch of things that are closed like utah doesn't do sundays very well that is the lord's day and me and my it's husband. lord jesus christ's day amen <clears throat> not in quite alabama, like that in alabama you used to not be able to buy uh beer or liquor alcohol of any kind until like 12 p.m and last sunday i was making a corned beef brisket or the sunday before last i don't know but i needed beer to cook it in and I was like, wait a minute, I can just go to the liquor store. I go get my beer. Was that on a Sunday? Yeah. I can't go I can't do that either. They're closed. Um, yeah, in Texas you 
can't buy liquor on Sundays. You can only buy it between 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. any other day, or you can't buy it on New Year's, Thanksgiving, or Christmas Day. They're just closed on those days for us. Hello. Like, that's just not an option. Yeah. Hashtag Bible Belt. Yeah. I'm, I'm not in the Bible Belt, but... Yeah. You know. Most of the counties around us are uh, dry, and we're a wet county, so... Mm-hmm. It took a long, what was the weirdest to me was being able to use the drive-thru to get tobacco and alcohol here. Like when James told me that, I was like, rewind. Huh? They have a drive-thru liquor store? Yeah, that's a little concerning to me. Yeah. Yeah, no, in Arkansas, I mean, the liquor stores, I was so surprised that you were able to, well, you couldn't buy it on... You couldn't buy alcohol on Sundays, but you could easily just go to Springdale, which is like a 15-minute drive away. Um, And literally, the liquor stores would be open until like 11 p.m. It's crazy. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. Apparently, the only reason they have drive-thru liquor stores is because so many counties don't sell alcohol. So you can just pop in, get your alcohol, and keep going. I did not know that because there were a lot of places in Fayetteville as well that had drive-thrus. Well, I also have some exciting news. Um, I am officially working for Kate Spade. Right now, I'm just a kind of part-time sales associate, but I hope to kind of gain more, I guess the word is clout, within the company and possibly get up into the marketing industry industry so we'll see well congratulations congratulations thank you very excited because it's been a a whole last career yeah 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 i feel like that's very suited for you as an individual too thank you i I feel like like it is too i'm really excited exciting congratulations when do you start i start on wednesday actually so Um, that's perfect yeah all right. Well, shall we get started? We've got, it's been a couple weeks since we've talked. So I think we've done catch up, right? Anything else? No, that was barbecue sauce, not ketchup. I, I wasn't talking about the condiments this time, ma'am. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. Ketchup on apples? Mm, delicious. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was you that introduced that thought to us, Amanda. It was, but it's still heinous. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. One more thing. It just reminded me. So James made a sandwich last night, right? He's wrong already. I can feel it. We have so many snacks that I buy specifically because I'm asleep. He stays up all night, whatever. And I like to send him to work with a sweet little treat in his lunchbox. Okay. This motherfucker makes a peanut butter and mustard sandwich. That what? sounds disgusting. And then he proceeded to tell me how delicious it was. Did you tell him he's wrong? I can yeah. tell him he's wrong right now. I told him <laughs> it made me physically angry. I'm getting angry. Yes. Oh, that sounds gross. It was. He was like, yeah, the, the, the mustard just complimented we'll the peanut butter. The acidity complimented the, you shut your foodie ass mouth, okay? I don't care. That's gross. Some things don't go together. Peanut butter and mustard. Come on. Squeaking sounds. Gross. That one's Amanda's dog this time. Uh-uh. Okay. You can hear that? Yeah. Yeah. 
So, Bree, I'm going to just segue into your story, and I'm a little upset you're doing the story this week because you were supposed to do it in a couple weeks when I did the other one. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. This week no, has been so not. hectic. Oh my goodness. You're I'm totally so sorry. Fine. You're fine. I'm just going to be giving you a hard time because now it's just not, we're not going to have the rhyming with it anymore. I'm so sorry. I completely forgot. I should have like left myself a note, but it it's just been very hectic recently. You're good. You're good. You're good. All right. Well, you let's go it. ahead and just dive in. So Brie, you've got, and before we start, I'm sorry. Everyone, our rotation's off because of Amanda. We're going to just make this very clear. It's Amanda's fault. She insisted that she had to do a that, that April Fool's story. And so we just switched around weeks. And so it's Amanda's fault that our rotation Amanda, is off. It's all your fault. Thanks, y'all. That means so much to me. All right. Well, since that's the case, uh, Brie has true crime this week. And then I have paranormal. So, Brie, you can go ahead and kick us off. And then next week, we'll go back to the original schedule, just so y'all know. Right? Yeah. Regularly scheduled programming. Something like that, yeah. Which means you're going to hear my voice three weeks in a row with a story, so. Yay! You're welcome. God help us all. (gasps) Lord. Bryce, I love the sound of your voice. It's very soothing. Thank you. It grew on me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shut up, Amanda. (laughs) Okay. So before we get into this story, I'd just like to put out a PSA saying that this is the story of Momo and it includes information regarding suicide and self-harm. It may be triggering for some people. If you have thoughts of suicide or self-harm, the suicide prevention hotline for the United States is 1-800-273-8255. And if you live in another country, the suicide prevention line is easily accessible by looking it up on any internet search platform. Please get help. We are always here for you if you need anything at all as well. So without further ado, originally thought to be an internet hoax, this story tells the tale of Momo. Many of you may know this character as something that surfaced the internet in 2018 and in 2019 that allegedly coerced children and young adults to commit self-harm and eventually lead them to suicide. Although its origins are unknown, the name Momo in Japanese means peach, and I'll get into kind of the Japanese, um, how it relates to Japan later, literally in the next paragraph. But the word peach has nothing to do with this story. Um, I was honestly just kind of curious because a lot of sources that I found brought up, no one really knows the original origin of Momo. And it it's just, it doesn't make any sense how it all started. It means butt. Actually, it, it means peach. Yeah, peach butt. Peach yeah, butt. Like, like, the, 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 the emoji. Like the, the fruit. The fruit. I know, but no, the I, emoji. I know. I know. I know, but but the fruits, the the actual fruits. Oh, okay. Don't fruit listen to me at all. Listen to fruit, fruit. I think I prefer the Amanda's definition. It's more entertaining. Sorry, Brie. Okay. Well, that's that's okay. So Momo was a social media sensation back in 2018 and in 2019. It surfaced as a sculpture called Mother Bird by Japanese artist, and I did not look up this name, so I apologize if I get it wrong. Kaisuki Asawa, which was on display in 2016 at the Vanilla Factory in Tokyo. 
and I've included a picture in the drive for y'all to look at to let me know what you think. Nope, I don't want to. I already know what it looks like. Oh, Bryce, Bryce, you have to look at it. You have to look at the first photo of the actual sculpture. Uh, nope, I already because did. Because it's that, a bird. That's how I already knew what you were doing, so nope, I'm good. It's a bird. Wait, hold on. Yeah, it's a bird. Not a bird. It was originally called Mother Bird. Well, that you definitely does not have a beak. Well, it's got the talons. This just goes to further prove how um, birds are freaking devil's winged creatures. Okay. <clears throat> I've, I'm sorry. I have to know. Out of all of this uh, woman bird thing, did you have to put tits on it? The Japanese artist actually made this creature or made this sculpture because he wanted to show the how hard motherhood is and how much they work and if anything it kind of looks like you know the um the eyes are kind of bulging out like they're really tired and they've got the kind of fake smile because you know they're they're really tired and they want to sleep or you know they're tired of taking care of the baby or doing something and not being able to do anything for themselves so well, we both uh we both do have the black nails so we both got our manicures i feel her on that that's Pass. from what i can understand but i never personally interviewed um mr asawa so i'm not 100 percent sure but from reading all of the sources about the original sculpture that's kind of what i got out of it so at first, Momo appeared in what was called the Momo Challenge or the Momo Game in August of 2018. During this game, kids would contact a stranger, identifying themselves as Momo. Momo would encourage the kids to complete a series of tasks by saying they would be cursed if they did not complete them. Many of the tasks included physical evidence, such as a picture of them self-harming to be able to continue the game and therefore not be cursed. Usually the challenge ended with Momo telling the kids to kill themselves and record it live on social media. I don't like this. Wasn't, and I could be very wrong on this, wasn't this going around on like the kids' YouTube channels, like the ones that are supposed to be for children? I'll get into that, yeah. Okay. So this is kind of how it the Momo surfaced and after this, Momo started appearing on WhatsApp and on various children's hmm. videos on platforms such as YouTube, telling the kids to do the same thing, that they would be cursed if they did not complete these tasks that Momo gave to them. And their families would be cursed and everyone they knew. It wasn't just them, it was everybody in their lives. Many sources from February and March of 2019 say that the Police Service of Northern Islands put out a Facebook post issuing a public warning that urged parents to supervise their children on WhatsApp and on YouTube videos that said they were, quote, kid friendly. And this kind of started the surge on one second. This kind of started the surge on social media and on the Internet regarding Momo. And that's kind of how it became widely popularized. Yes, Bryce. I just made a connection. So you said Momo was like March 2019? Well. Like yeah. that kind of became like bigger March 2019. That mofo is what cursed us with COVID. No, I it's Momo. 
Thank you for the clarification, but um, I'm going to stick with Momo the Didn't Mofo. did COVID start in 2020? 2020. Yeah. March. I, well, oh. technically 2019, because the first cases yeah. were end of 2019. It just didn't surge until 2020. It didn't surge until March of 2020. You're right. Plus, I mean, I'm sure it took a while for them to realize what it was. So, what, mid to late 2019 is probably when it came about? Mm-hmm. So, I am officially blaming Momo for COVID. Momo the, co- Momo the Mofo for Kovo. <laughs> yes. You got it. Many stories of kids who completed these tasks by Momo. I said completed kind of in quotes because these tasks are extremely sad and no one should ever have to go through that. Um, they are not known to the public due to privacy reasons, due to privacy reasons, but a lot of the ones that will that I'm about to say are just extremely scary and I'll I'll get into them. So a 12-year-old girl from Buenos Aires, Argentina, committed suicide as a result of the Momo challenge by hanging herself. She actually filmed her activities prior to taking her own life, and authorities suspected someone coerced her into doing so. However, no reports have come back confirming that this person or this thing that coerced her was Momo. Although this is what originally started those Facebook posts and the police service of Northern Ireland to put out global warnings to warn parents of this challenge and of the dangers of this challenge. Another girl, age 18, also committed suicide, believed to be the result of this challenge. Her brother found her hanging from a tree in their backyard with her phone laying close by. Police investigated this incident and said in a statement, quote, the phone has been hacked to find footage, and WhatsApp chats, and now the alleged adolescent with whom she exchanged those messages is being sought. Intention was to upload the video to social media as a part as part of a challenge aimed at crediting the Momo game for suicide. In fact, the Momo challenge received so much publicity that even Kim Kardashian posted on Instagram to beware. And I'm not sure if y'all remember this post, but she actually, I didn't include it in the pictures or anything like that, but she posted an extremely long video warning parents of, I mean, just the dangers of social media and of the internet in general and kind of going more into this saying that this is just one example of that and, you know, watch your kids, watch what they're doing. Yeah, it's it's, it's sad. It's bad enough to target anybody with stuff like this but you're targeting children what children and adults yeah (sighs) however many sources still say that the momo challenge was a hoax all along comparing it to challenges such as the tide pod challenge and the cinnamon challenge which i personally don't get because the momo challenge explicitly promoted suicide among children and young adults and neither of those challenges did they were just kind of a laugh in the face and suicide should not be seen as a laugh in the face it should be seen as something extremely serious and people should take it seriously i 100 percent agree with that i do however think the tide pod challenge is potentially up there because eating a tide pod is poison yeah you have to call poison control you know there's a reason it says to keep it out of reach of young children and the uh, the cinnamon challenge actually can be dangerous too because um, 
I think I had like chemical pneumonia around that time. So I was going to my pulmonologist and he was somehow we got on the subject and he said that some they run the risk of actually while they're gagging because the cinnamon would coat the, the mouth and throat. They could potentially choke and gag on it. And while they're trying to breathe, that cinnamon can be inhaled into their lungs and cause deeper issues with that, too. Mm. Well, that makes sense. Yeah. But Momo yeah. definitely seems the worst. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. For sure. YouTube confirmed after many press releases regarding the severity of this challenge that there had been no videos confirming the Momo challenge on YouTube. A YouTube spokesperson said that if there were such videos, they would be taken down immediately due to violating the platform's community guidelines and regulations. And from what I understand, YouTube actually did a whole sweep of all of their videos and made sure that they could not find this. But a lot of people have said that they've seen them. So I don't know. One of those people, Katie O'Malley from The Independent, wrote in an article describing, and this is the title of the article, um, describing the, quote, Momo challenge appearing in Fortnite and Peppa Pig YouTube videos, parents warned, end quote. O'Malley also describes the many school and police posts warning parents to monitor their children's social media. There were a lot of schools that were contacted about this and seemed extremely concerned about it, as well as police departments issuing press releases and just speaking out against it. And I personally remember this challenge. Literally everyone was on high alert. I nannied for a family at the time and the kids loved watching Peppa Pig. It was extremely terrifying to think that something could have happened to them and they were exposed to such a terrible threat. And I'll be honest, the image literally haunted me in my dreams. Uh, yeah, uh, that's that image still haunts my dreams every time I have to be reminded of it. So, yeah, no joke. It's even more messed up that... Um... Like, you know, it got pulled and everybody's trying to get rid of it. And then they start hiding it in other videos. Come on. It, it's just terrifying to think that that could have been surfacing the internet. And, you know, if either of us had a kid at that time or if any of y'all had a kid at the time, I bet you it would have been terrifying. I mean, just the thought that there is someone so deeply disturbed that they're willing to target children. Like in, and then hide like the videos, the whole thing. It's just, ugh, I don't like it. I know I can, uh, I can ask James. I'll have him because he just got home. I'll have him come in here in a few minutes because, uh, you know, they had my stepson. He was mm -hmm. old enough to be surfing the internet around this time. So I can ask him his opinion, what him and uh, his wife did, ex wife. WhatsApp also put out a PSA saying that they have zero tolerance for things of this nature. And although the platform never explicitly denied the Momo challenge, the spokespeople did speak out about how important it is to monitor children's social media habits and to make sure they are not under such an influence. EJ Dixon from The Atlantic called the game a, quote, phony challenge. Amanda Sakuma from Vox explains it as the bogus Momo challenge. And Jim Watterson from The Guardian describes this challenge as a malicious, 
malicious hoax, but many parents disagree. Well, here's my thing is even if let's say that no Momo videos really ever existed and that was all a scandal, the thing is, is that kids are also mean and you know, sure as freaking crap, someone then someone they were bullying, they freaking had, they're using this, like a bully is using this to their advantage. That is what I'm trying to say. It took me an hour to get it out, but it's out. 100% I could see that happening yeah social media I mean this was the time that you know kids this is the time that I started seeing you know 12 year old kids getting on social media and posting on their Instagram or posting on their Facebook putting on all of the makeup and you know seeing all of the nasty comments from their friends from school from people they knew from school just saying like yeah, you know, you're so ugly, like you should go kill yourself. And I mean, you're completely right. Like this is just something else on the internet that's promoting this and that's making it in a way kind of okay. And it's not okay. We need to say something about it. I completely agree. Um, So many parents disagree that this was a hoax, including Pearl Woods, a native Californian. She told CBS, that her 12-year-old daughter with autism was told to do dangerous things by the character, and the character meaning Momo. Woods told CBS that her daughter asked her about suicide and also told her of Momo. Woods said, quote, she would pause the screen as soon as I walked in and I saw this creepy masked doll looking, end quote. And when asked, her daughter replied, Quote, it was Momo making bad videos. It was bad, end quote. And if this was, I get that it was popularized on social media, but it just doesn't make any sense how she would know who Momo was to me. I literally said in this, if this were a hoax or a phony challenge, how did her daughter get the name Momo? How did she know about this? I mean, if it's sensationalized enough, her daughter could have. But if she's also witnessing it on her child's screen, like. Yeah, it it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't line up. Um, Woods believes that Momo also encouraged her daughter to turn on the gas stove without lighting it, causing a potentially dangerous situation if she was not there in time to catch it. If she were not there in time to catch it. Was not there in time to catch it. Were not there. We, we, yeah yeah <laughs> i i don't know what to s- were sounds better but then after i say it i'm like no it's was but then that doesn't sound right i don't know momo is also said to tell kids to take tablets which i believe are pills but i'm not 100 percent sure and to put a knife to their throat and proceed yes tablets are pills just why just just why okay sophie lewis from cbs news reported on february 28 2019 quote this week parents across the uk reported finding the game on whatsapp as well as hidden within animated videos for children across social media end quote and this was many parents this wasn't just a handful it was a lot of parents who have reported this and reported seeing this although YouTube and WhatsApp. As I said, WhatsApp doesn't necessarily deny it. They just kind of say 
that they are 100% against it. Although YouTube did deny it, which I don't get. Hey guys, at this point, our audio cut out for some reason. Don't worry, you don't miss anything. Uh, James just interrupts us and Amanda ends up asking him what they did with Jack when the whole Momo thing was going around. And she is actually just going to start summarizing. So I know it seems out of context. Audio just cut out and she's going to pick up summarizing and then Brie will continue her story. I'm sorry. So basically he said that they just sat Jack down and talked to him and was like, hey, there's this video going around. This is what it is. If you come across it, you need to know it's not real. Don't listen to it. And let us know if you do see it. And then we can report it or do whatever and take the proper actions. But he was also saying that Jack is like a, I refer to him as a weirdly responsible kid because he is. So he would have seen that and probably told either his mom or James that he saw it and was like, hey, you know, this this doesn't seem right. This seems weird. But that's how they handled it. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if y'all remember, but at this time, I remember hearing about it. I didn't explicitly see it, but I remember hearing about a lot of people who actually saw live Instagram reels or live Instagram videos or Facebook videos or TikTok videos or something like that of people actually committing suicide. And I'm not 100% sure if it had to do with Momo or if it had to do with the publicity of Momo or what have you, but it was scary. It was a very scary time. And social media is extremely scary because I mean, you can find anything these days. A lot of parents reported um, seeing their kids look up on YouTube or something like that, like tips to commit suicide and all of that jazz. Yeah, there was actually a video surfacing apparently at this time of a YouTube video, or maybe I think it was YouTube video at the time that explicitly said tips to commit suicide. And you, at this time, YouTube took it down when they were going through everything. But it's scary world out there. Um, many sources that I read also said that Momo surfaced as cyber criminals trying to steal information through hacking. So such as credit card numbers, phone numbers, what have you, social uh, social security numbers. But it. It doesn't really make sense with the whole agenda to me, so I didn't really research that any further, but to me, Momo was more than just a hacker, if that makes sense. If they were targeting adults, I could see where they're like trying to pilfer your social security number and your credit card, and then they're urging you to kill yourself. I could could see that, but... If you're targeting children, what is the point of trying to get their potential credit card numbers? I don't understand. Exactly. It, it just yeah. doesn't really line up. With the also, whole. if it's social security number based, kid doesn't know their social security number. I mean, or, their mom yeah. their mom or dad probably has it in a purse or a satchel or something, you know? Well, norm- mm-hmm. Normally that's locked up. Like, that's yeah, not something that's- you carry around. I hope not, at least. PSA, don't carry around your social security card. Yeah. No. Bring it to your job interview and then put it back 
at home. Don't don't bring it to your job interview. Bring it to your first day of work. Oh, that's what I meant. I'm okay. on a memorize or just memorize your social security card number so that you don't have to do that. No, you do still have to take in your card. It's mm-hmm. a form of um, identification. ID. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you can just take a picture of it. That's what I have. I just have a picture of it and I have it somewhere. All right, I'm almost done. Whether the Momo challenge was real or not, it did teach a valuable lesson that the internet is a very dangerous place. And there are videos out there that we really can't control. Please be mindful of your children's social media habits and to everyone out there listening. Once again, if you have thoughts of suicide or self-harm, please reach out to someone. You are wanted, you are loved, and you have supporters, even if you don't think so. I want you to tell me if you ever see an uncomfortable Facebook video, okay? Okay, Okay. you're telling the wrong person because she's not going to know if it's uncomfortable or not based off of her upbringing so far. She's my child, so everything's going to be uncomfortable. She's going to see, like, two people hugging, and she's going to be like, Mom, this is weird. And I'm going to be like, shit, I know. (laughs) But that's normal for others, so don't. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) It's normal for your dad. Your dad likes hugging. But for us, it's, don't. Just, yeah. Let's just high five. Yeah. Let's go get some ice cream. That's our hug. I think that's a great hug. I like that hug too. Wait, wait, hold on, time out. Maisie hugs me. Does that is that something that makes you uncomfortable? No, because it's a dog. Oh, okay. Just yeah, I was hug all the time. Yeah. All right. Well, that was that was uh, that was a story, Brie. That was yeah. Agreed. We're gonna we're gonna talk about something else. If Brie had stuck to the plan, I would be talking about Zozo. Because we thought, you know, Momo and Zozo. That felt, I'm not though. Because I am so sorry. It's it's just been so. It's been I don't even know. It's been it a week. had it had a date on the calendar. So I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm teasing. It's fine. So anyway, shut like, up, Bryce. Stop making me feel so bad. No, that's what I'm good at. I have to wait for another episode to get your alliteration. It's not going to be in this one. I'm still upset. Well. Since I'm not getting alliteration, we're just going to talk about a possession instead, okay? I'm so, so happy. <laughs> uh, I don't have pictures. I'm uh, unhappy. Yeah, in, I see that on the drive. I'm very not happy. In my defense, uh, the person was kept anonymous. And so technically, I just have a pseudonym for him. So there's just no pictures to give you guys. But at least I don't have to look at Momo anymore. So Yeah, you can close the drive. Like it, You're safe to just be like, done. So, anyways, so today, okay, class, you guys ready? No. Okay. Any more potty breaks? (laughs) Um, Yeah, actually, I've got to go take a 30-minute potty break for- Amanda looked like the studious, like the good studious student right there, like ready to go, like, yes, teacher. (laughs) It's all a lie. (laughs) Oh, I know. (laughs) I said looked. I did not say you were. (laughs) I was a good kid for most of my schooling years. Um, so we are going to be talking about the possession of Anna Eklund. Have you guys heard of that one? That does There's, sound familiar, but I, I think it's just the last name that sounds familiar. There is a movie that is totally not correct in any way, shape or form. And it's a terrible movie. So I don't recommend going to watch the possession of Anna Eklund because it was, let me just say that movie, the intro itself was like 
10 minutes of the main character screaming as they went through credits. It was awful. So it just. So it's like okay. not even good in the bad horrors movie trope. Right. Ah. So <laughs> anyway, so the Anna Eklund. So the case is considered by theology and paranormal experts to actually be one of the most documented cases of possession in the 20th century. So that's that's that. Amanda, we didn't hear that, whatever you just said. Or I didn't hear it, at least. I just said I'm hooked. I'm in here. Oh, okay. I'm here for it. So it actually even earned a profile in a an issue of Time magazine in 1936. So it was it was pretty, pretty crazy, pretty big. So Anna Eklund. Her early life is a little muddled. So we know Anna Eklund is a pseudonym for Emma Schmidt. So most of the published sources state that Emma Schmidt was born in Milwaukee on March 23rd, 1882. She was raised in a household in Marathon uh, or in a Catholic household in Marathon, Wisconsin. Her mother potentially died in 1890s. Her father was an abusive alcoholic man. Um, Anna was a devout Catholic and went to church regularly, and this could have been due to her mother's passing, um, that she was so devout, like, it was one of those things that she felt closer to her mother with. Um, but this actually becomes a little problematic, if that's correct, because the records that, at least that Wikipedia could find, state that if Emma Schmidt was born in Wisconsin, um, it contradicts so many different published and unpublished accounts that Emma's of Emma's father's name. So if she was born in Wisconsin, her father's name would have been Edward Stewart. But her father's name is actually Jacob in every single other account. Is this going by like birth records? Yes. Is it possible that like her dad could have just been like one of those weird situations where like my name's Amanda, but I like everybody to call me Sarah? Not likely. Okay. Um, but if that's the case, so her father's name is really Jacob, there is a different Emma Schmidt it could be, and that is actually Hulda Emma Schmidt. So this one would be like that situation. Gotcha. Um, who would have been born on July 3rd, 1882, so same year, but this time they would have been born in Switzerland. Um, and her parents were Jacob and Anna Schmidt. And according to Wikipedia, they were able to track all of this information from Ancestry.com. So basically they're saying um, it's from Wikipedia's standpoint, it's likely that it was this uh, Hulda Emma Schmidt, who they did also move to Wisconsin later on. So if that's the case, they immigrated to Wisconsin in 1884 and she would have been one of nine kids. So it's one of those two backgrounds there. However, it doesn't change the fact that, or not the fact, the the possibility that her father was abusive and her mother had passed away and was a devout Catholic, that doesn't really change based off of the histories. To muddy those waters even a little more, a lot of the statements made by different priests also contradict her potential identity. So, basically, it's not really sure who this person is. They just know that Anna Eklund is the pseudonym for Emma Schmidt, and they don't know exactly who at which Emma Schmidt it was. So she did, however, exhibit symptoms of possession as early as 14 years old. And some of the symptoms that she displayed, she would 
demonstrate a revulsion of holy objects, the Bible, the cross, so on and so forth. She had ideas of smashing holy water fonts, harming priests, desecrating consecrated items, and she was unable to receive communion. She had disturbed thoughts, inability to enter churches, and she began taking part or uh, thinking about unspeakable sexual acts. But I thought she said that she went to church regularly. So up until the age of 14, she did. Oh, okay. So that's when she started seeing all these And what exactly do you mean by revulsion of holy objects? Do you mean like literally they're revolving and she's controlling it? No, like she's revolted. Oh, okay. Not revolution. (laughs) Not, yeah. My bad. So basically, demon possession, check all boxes. Yes. Yes. So all boxes are checked. And on one account that was published in 1935, it states that the possession was potentially caused by her aunt Mina. Mina was a local witch. She had placed spells on herbs for food she prepared, and that was kind of well known. And she was also very possibly the mistress to her father, not Mina's father, to Anna's father. I'm going to refer to her as Anna going forward, by the way. So... There, there's a lot of, a lot of interesting things going down there. Now, it finally escalates to a point for her. So we're going back in time. Sorry. Um, it escalates to a point for Anna that the church contacts Father Theopius Riesinger. Theophilus. I don't know how to say his f- first name. We're going to call him Theo Riesinger. Probably didn't like the name Theo, but we're going to go by it. And Father Riesinger was born actually in Germany in 1868. And at the age of 20, he joined the Capuchins, which is an order of Francescan monks. And the Capuchins, Capuchins, yeah, were in- also monkeys, which is how I'm seeing them in my head. They're not monkeys, but we'll, we'll let you believe whatever you want. It's a bunch of tiny monks. No. Hang from trees. Nope. They were actually inspired to live in a radical Francescan manner, which basically means that they had a really big emphasis on prayer and poverty. Like that was kind of their, that that was their lifestyle. He emigrated into the U S and practiced in New York before moving to the Midwest in 1912. Now, June 18th, 1912, father Riesinger performs his first exorcism on Anna. Prior to him performing this exorcism, he actually braid her with fake holy water to see if she would react to be like be gone demon and it's you know it's fake water and she didn't react and he's like well that's interesting you know Mm, all right well she's not reacting to this but real holy water she does seem to be very repulsed by she doesn't want to be anywhere near it but she can tell the difference basically yeah somehow she can tell the difference yes i don't like it and this actually first exorcism it wasn't heavily documented at all like there's this is all we really know we do, however, know that Father Riesinger believed it to be a success at the time. It was great. Moving on. And he, he let Anna move on with her life. And a couple, couple years later, Anna, after she returns to her life, she begins to notice that uh, the demons return. And no biggie. They, they just kind of. Hey, we're lease. back from Florida. <laughs> Something like that. So she then claimed to be tormented by the spirits of her father and aunt. 
So she's like, there's something going on. And that was in, so the first exorcism was in 1912. In the summer of 1982, they reach out to Father Riesinger again to perform another exorcism. Because her father and her aunt are possessing her at this point. Or she believes that they are. And he wants to do this exorcism because in his mind, he's like, all right, I've already done one on her. Like, she's probably not lying. So this time he's like, I want to do this in privacy. I don't want publicity. I want, like, I want to get away from everything that we can. And he reaches out to one of his friends, Father Joseph Steger. And Father Steger recommends that the possession take place at a convent owned by the Francescan sisters in Erling, Iowa. And Erling is relatively secluded. Like, it's got a major railroad uh, or a train station right there, but it's a small town. It's not, like, it's not super crazy there. So they're like, okay, let's go to Erling, Iowa and do this. It's the perfect place. Um, and he thought by doing the exorcism away from familiar surroundings might also disorient the demons that possessed Anna and give him, like, a better chance of of ridding them. So. I mean, it makes sense. Like you're somewhere you don't know, but also they just found her again and came back to her. So, I mean, I'm not an expert, but um. So when Father Riesinger arrives in Erling, Father Steger picks him up from the train station. But when they pick him, like when they're in his car driving back, Father Steger's car will not accelerate to full speed. Like it just going there, it was fine, but going back, it will not accelerate to full speed. What do and, you mean by accelerate to full speed? Like go from like zero to 60 and like no it just won't accelerate like they just they could have walked home faster oh so his car has a demon well basically father reesinger is like well this doesn't surprise me i very much expect the demons to fight us like i'd be more concerned if we if this was going smoothly like he basically is like they know something's up the demons know something's up and so they're they're fighting whatever they can using whatever forces that they can. And apparently breaking Father Steger's car in 1928 was the way to go about it. Don't know if they had insurance in 1928, but can bet you that cost him a, a dime to fix there. Literally uh, most likely a dime to fix it. It was <laughs> probably more than a dime. But you're right, it yeah. was you're right. It was probably a quarter to a dollar. Yeah. Maybe like, like twelve that. dimes. Yeah, it was a little bit pricey. Um, but when Anna Eklund, she, when she gets to the convent on August 17th, 1928, she states that she felt just this unprecedented rage. Like, And there was no explanation for it. She was just angry and she was super upset. She said she wanted to attack all the, the nuns and she was having like fits of rage over food that had been sprinkled with holy water, but there was no way she would have known that it would have been sprinkled with holy water because the nuns did it in the kitchen behind her back. Like she wouldn't have known, but she was, she knew Um, they said that she was hissing like a cat and she also would purr when waiting for father Riesinger as well as all of, (laughs) I don't like that at all. The purring is what gets me. Like the hissing, all right. It's the purring that yeah, gets I can, me on that one. If I walk into a room and someone's hissing at me, I'm like, okay, this is this is a little weird. But if I walk in there purring, I gotta go. No priest is paid enough for that. Um. Well, Father Riesinger was going for it. 
So, and she also uh, still had the other symptoms that she had as a child as well. So, like the revulsion to holy objects. What? How does a human purr? Is it more like rolling your R's and just doing the? No I, idea. I can't do that, so I can't give no. a demonstration. There you go. Bryce has got it. <laughs> I that, can do the I don't know. French, but you got to do it in a more like husky, like. <laughs> <laughs> I, I imagine people do that when they're turned on, but I don't. No, I don't imagine that at all. <laughs> but I hope she that's was... not why she was doing that. <laughs> no, 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 no. To the when, when they when they do it the like the huskier version, yeah. I imagine mm. Anna doing more of what Bryce was doing. I, yeah, that's what I, I'm saying is messed up. Like that man's yeah. married to the Lord. Leave him out of your your yes. fetish fantasies. Yes. So, so now they're at the convent, and since they are at the convent, they are also being assisted by the uh, the nuns, the sisters that are there for their exorcism attempts. And she got there on August seventeenth. They're like, she's purring. We're not wasting any time. And the exorcisms begin on August eighteenth, nineteen twenty eight. Um. So Anna was tied to an iron bed. And according to cultofweird.com, and this is a direct quote from there, her arm sleeves and dress were tightly bound so as to prevent any devilish tricks. So she's tied down to this bed because... Probably demons. while she was purring. <laughs> I think the purring occurred before <laughs> being tied down. I think she was tied down because of the purring. Ah, okay. Other way around. So she was also then held down by the strongest nuns. And reportedly, it was a very violent exorcism. Um, include the divine slap. Did not include a divine slap. <laughs> I really wanted you it. You know I had to bring that up. <laughs> no divine slap this time. Not this possession. She has her own thing. She purrs. She doesn't have divine slaps. So... Uh, when Riesinger began reading the rights to Anna, Anna's eyes fell shut and she appeared like as if she was sedated, but her eyes were clenched so tightly shut that like you couldn't force those things open. And then she was able to suddenly free herself from her restraints. She then threw herself high up against a wall. She would scream when commanded to stop, so like when Father Riesinger was like, we command you to stop in the name of the Lord, she would scream. And she would also hang from the, the frame of the doorway. Huh. Like, huh? So like, you know how like there's a corner of the room right up there? That's where she was. No. Or, or like above a doorway, she'd hang from there be like up in the corner just floating there i'm sure she was hissing does that make a difference i would rather a hiss than a purr <laughs> what you're telling me is that she went from like up here all the way to up over there to the doorway like no up. exactly the positioning of the bed to the to the door all i know is she hung from the door frame in a negative manner so she just busted up out her shackles, flew above the doorframe, and just resumed her hellish purring. I think it was hissing, but yes. Oh. 
like Because she was only purring when she was waiting for Father Riesinger. He was there performing the rites. She's not waiting for him anymore. Oh my god, but she's above the door, so these people can't even leave. Can you imagine? I do not like this situation. Nothing about this <laughs> is, is, not, is no. Mm-mm. Well, the nuns had to pull her down. <laughs> I would I be damned. She's staying up there. None or not. I don't care. No, I'm not pulling her down. She, she gets pulled down. Um, and this is just the first session of three. Uh, and uh, this first let session. Let me guess. They get worse. Well, the first session, which started on August 18th, did not end until August 26th. <laughs> Eight days? Yes. What? What? How did they do this for eight days? Like, I've heard of exorcisms lasting for longer than a day, but how do you eat, sleep, use the bathroom? I think when they say it was like a session, it was like an intense session where they were like, morning tonight, we are working on this. Like, we'll take breaks as needed, but like, we are not, we're not stopping. Okay. Um, So typical nine to five. I don't think it was a typical nine to five. It was more like a, a six to, 6 to 10 p.m. 6 a.m. to 10 p.m. You know? That's worse. Yes. Um, Overtime hours, though, right? Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, you know, that's the first session. And reportedly, these sessions were so violent that several, if not most of the nuns at the convent requested to be relocated to a different convent. Shit, be too if this one was flying all around the fucking room. I think my yeah. thing would be like, I'm weak. I can't hold her down. <laughs> don't, don't look at me for that, you know. But that was the that was the first session. The second session started on September 13th and ended on September 20th. 20th. And then the final session started on December 15th and ended on December 23rd, 1928, um, with the last three days, Father Riesinger claiming to have gone day and night, no breaks, nonstop. Oh my oh. goodness, that would be so difficult. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. Was it as violent? Yes, they were all as violent. That is, that's actually the reason that he was like, I've got to go three days nonstop. I can't stop. I'm trying to save this woman and like, it's not, it's not doing what I want. These are all super violent. So he was like, Get your game face on, guys. And so, I mean, these exorcisms were so extensive. And this actually caused a ton of deterioration in Eklund's body. Uh, She refused to eat. Also, if you guys ever hear me refuse to eat, know that I am 1,000% possessed. Like, I don't turn down food. So, 1,000% possessed if I am refusing to eat. Uh, she reportedly vomited foul debris that they believed to be like tobacco leaves 20 to 30 times a day. And I feel inclined to ask this. How often did they feed her tobacco leaves a day? Never. That's what I thought. Okay. And did she smoke? Um, she did not. Uh, let's remember at this time, she also wasn't eating anything. She was refusing to eat. Did she swallow a tobacco seed at any point in her youth? That is unclear, but I get the feeling there is not a tobacco plant in her stomach. 
Well, then I'm out of ideas. <laughs> okay. You, you know that that's just a saying that parents say to get their kids to not eat the seeds and choke on them? Yeah, that was the joke. Okay. Just just making sure. <laughs> I, I thought you were so being much. serious. Knowing love- you, I, you're always serious, Amanda. I just love so much, Brie, that so many of her jokes just go whoop. I'm just- sorry. I'm sorry. I know. I As know. a side note, my dad calls me last week and he goes, and he's laughing at this point. He's like, I, you guys kill me. And I'm like, what do we do? What do we say now? And he's like, you asked Amanda, like, what year this was. And she answers with, like, the 1920s. And this is during the, the Emu Wars episode. And so she answers 1920s. And I was like, oh, so they couldn't just Google how to get rid of emus. And Amanda said something about, no, they were just three years short. And it just went right over your head, Brie. You're like, 1920? No. <laughs> the internet was not until, like, I was like, Brie, it's a joke. <laughs> That, see, I'm, exactly. We complement each other. See, I'm I'm always the odd man out. I don't get it. So so I'm always for those people who, who don't who don't get the jokes, you know? I don't know. We were my dad was dying. He's like, I love it. This is my favorite. He's like, it's only so funny because Brie was so confused. <laughs> so But in your defense, Brie, like when I say these things, I am like very deadpan and Basically, I have a very dry sense of humor. So I say this stuff like I'm being dead serious, like it's a real thing. And you unfortunately just fall for it. <laughs> <Every> I'm <laughs> I'm honestly a very serious person. Like I'm rarely ever sarcastic. And when I am, it's extremely noticeable. You're very literal. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyways, moving on from everything going over Bree's head to the story. So <clears throat> she also, and this is upon her... Um, or this is during like the exorcisms that told that took on her body. She would also foam at the mouth when enraged. Um, her head, lips, and face would swell so severely that her eyes were like bulging out or like closed. Like she looked like a whole different person. Her so bo- she looks like Momo. Her eyes um, were bulging so out. She was, no, but she was also swollen everywhere else too. So not quite. Whereas Momo's skinny mini. So her body would distort through expansion and contraction. So things would like expand that shouldn't and contract that shouldn't. Um, Her stomach would also become as hard as stone. And when this did happen, her body would also be pressed into the iron bed and it would like bend the iron bed on the floor. She also howled like, and this is another quote, like a pack of wild beasts. Suddenly letting loose. So not even one wild beast to pack. A whole herd of them. Oh, I don't like she, it. She screamed at the people that were pres- present. And they say that when she was screaming at them, she was screaming things that she shouldn't have known, like about their personal lives. How rude. She's just out here airing out di- people's dirty laundry. Yes. <laughs> They're trying to save her life, and she's over here like, you're having an affair! <laughs> well, they're all nuns, so, I mean, I not. At the same time, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the fact that she knew things that she shouldn't have known. Exactly. Like, she shouldn't have known these things anyways. On the bright side for her, actually, before we get to that bright side, also, holy water, when it touched to her, her skin, it would burn. 
off of her. Potentially leaving burns Aww. on her. Yes. Like it would sizzle, crackle, and pop. And nobody thought to get a picture of this? I'm upset. I, they didn't have their cell phones on them. Oh, Not allowed God. in the room. Y'all, I I'm just going to say real fast, y'all just pause for a quick second. And then it like tried to catch up really fast. And <laughs> Bryce, I heard you just say like really fast, it would sizzle, crackle, it would sizzle, crackle, and pop. And it was really funny. It was simple crackle of pop. It was so funny. They were actually putting Rice Krispie treats on her. Rice yes. Krispies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Makes sense. Um, okay. On the right side for her, though, she was able to speak multiple languages that she shouldn't have been able to speak, but she now could. So, do you retain that knowledge? Great question. I have no clue. Dang. <laughs> well, let's take another win. Yeah, if you've you ever learned a new language while you were possessed, email us. Yeah, that'd be great to know. It'd be very helpful. Now, <clears throat> as the exorcisms go on, they came to believe that Anna was possessed by Judas Is- I- I- Iscariot. I'm not religious. I don't know how to say names. Escargo. No. <laughs> Is Iscariot. Ah. So if you know the Bible and I'm saying it wrong, just yell at me later. Um... But Judas actually was seeking for her to commit suicide. So he's trying to lead her to that. Um, And for those of you that don't know who Judas is, I did put a little bit of information in here because I went on a rabbit hole and it's so fascinating. Like the things I don't know are so fascinating to me. And since I'm not a very religious person and I don't know the Bible well, I did some Googling, found some information. So for those of you that don't know, Uh, It is going to be biblical for just a second, but Judas was one of the original 12 apostles of Jesus Christ. In all four of the conical gospels, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Judas betrays Jesus to the Sanhedrin in the garden of Gethsemane. Do I know what any of that means? No, absolutely. All I know is he did this by kissing him and addressing him as rabbi to reveal Jesus's identity in the darkness of the crowd who had come to arrest Jesus. And this is just before his crucifixion. That conversation just, I mean, what she just said just confused the hell out of me. So we're talking about Judas. So what, yeah, but what do the four disciples have anything to do with it? And what does him kissing have to do with it? In all, so in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all agree that Judas betrayed Jesus. Oh, okay. That's what it is. And he betrayed Jesus by kissing him. So Judas kissed Jesus and this caused, and he addressed him as rabbi. And this basically revealed his identity to the crowd that had come to arrest Jesus. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. No, you're good. You're good. Um, <clears throat> now, interestingly enough, in the gospel of Luke and John, it actually suggests that Judas was possessed by Satan when he betrayed Jesus. And that becomes interesting in just a minute for you. Because, or I guess I didn't write it down, uh, because they also believe that Anna was possessed by Satan. So that, that's why it's interesting. And also to give light to another side of that teaching is that Judas didn't actually betray Jesus. And this is coming from the teachings of the Gnostic gospel of Judas. Uh, basically, he was told to do this by Jesus because according to this teaching, um, Judas was being obedient he had these instructions from jesus himself and the reason being is because judas alone knew the true teachings of jesus christ so there's there's the flip side one side where he betrayed him on the other side he didn't um 
So there you guys have it. Um, so that's that's possibly Judas who who possibly possesses her. Satan, who I've already mentioned, possibly possesses her. Uh, her father may have also possessed her. Uh, reportedly, her father was abusive. We've already talked about that. And her dad had also um, recruited the help of her aunt Mina to help curse her. Um, and the reason being is because, yes. Did you say aunt Mina? Yeah. That's what I thought. It just occurred to me that she has a mean Aunt Mina. I'm sorry. She does have a mean Aunt Mina. Mm-hmm. Um, Wait, so Mina as in M? Mina? Yeah. Mina? M. Oh, I thought you were saying Mina. No. Okay. Nope. Sorry. Okay. <clears throat> but basically her father possibly cursed her because Anna refused his sexual advances in her adolescence or fought him off. And so he was not thrilled with that. And so him and Mina... You should not be having sexual advances on your daughter. Mm-hmm. They tell Mina, like, hey, I need you to help me harass my daughter because she did not want to be intimate with me. Well, let's remember that Mina is a witch and her father's uh-huh. mi- mistress. And they also believe that Mina was also possessing her. Um, she's okay. a witch, but with a B. Can y'all hear me? So, okay, a lot of good y'all. points. I didn't even get the part that she was his mistress. She yeah. wasn't she wasn't the sister of her father, was she? Uh no, I or think it was, was the, sister the sister of her mother. Of, of her mother, okay. And I'm her mother the sister of mother. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um I guess you don't know explicitly. But. Yeah, hypothetically. Now it's rumored, so possession with her Aunt Mina. It's rumored that her Aunt Mina may have also killed three or four children while she was living, but there are no official records on this claim. Okay. So, um, so the reason they... Sorry, what, Brie? Oh, I, I was just saying, so that's kind of creepy. Yes. Now, the reason that they uh, believe that Mina was also possessing her is that during the exorcisms, Anna would speak in what they called a high falsetto voice. And so that just made them believe that it was Mina. So that's it. Yeah. Okay. Oh, there's more. There's more that comes out, but that's like their biggest one. Wait, um, what exactly about the falsetto voice made them believe that it was Mina possessing her? Because it wasn't Anna's voice. So they just kind of. And then there's other things that happened where they just believed that it was Mina. Um, they didn't get into details on that. Is that simply because Mina was a woman and it wasn't like a deeper voice or is it because of another reason? I have no I guess clue. I'm just kind of confused that it that she said that it was Mina. Well, she believed from the beginning that it was Mina anyways because she thought that Mina had put a curse on her. Um, oh. So I think that's probably where that came from is because when the second time when she goes back to Father Reesinger, she's probably like, well, listen, my Aunt Mina, the witch with a B, is uh is probably possessing me my father's probably possessing me and i need help and so i I think that's probably where that comes in more so but at the age of 46 anna eckland has her final day of the exorcisms performed and this is december 23rd 1928 and i have a quote directly from wikipedia 
And it states, Father Riesinger commanded the demons in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary to depart to hell. So Father Riesinger's doing his job. Be gone, Satan. Um, and when Father Riesinger states this, Eklund reportedly collapses to the bed and she begins to scream. And she screams, Beelzebub, Judas, Jacob, Mina, Mina. Beelzebub, Je- Judas, Jacob, Mina. Hell, hell, hell. Okay. 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 Um, That's a lot. Now, when Anna opens her eyes, she's speaking in her normal voice and she says, my Jesus, mercy, praise be Jesus Christ. Anna recalls having visions of horrible battles between spirits during the exorcism, um, but she doesn't really remember a whole ton. And like I said, this was her final exorcism. So it was successful. Kinda. Kinda. You gonna elaborate there? Please elaborate. Yeah. There's multiple reports that state that after this, she only exhibited mild and manageable possessions afterwards. What is a manageable possession? I guess one that you can deal with. It's mild purring. Anus. Is that explicitly what Wikipedia told you? I don't even think I got that from Wikipedia. Not the purring. It was just the manageable possessions afterwards. And I so think maybe I got now, that from multiple places. Maybe now she can take communion, but she still can't use holy water. I guess. I don't know. I don't like that at all. <laughs> so that's only one uh, or a couple reports. Not all of them say that she still had mild manageable possessions. Others say that she was completely demon free. Anyways, so after this, Riesinger, he gains this reputation for being able to dispel demons. And he actually goes on to perform 19 more successful exorcisms. Successful meaning the people who needed the exorcisms performed had manageable symptoms afterwards or they they had no symptoms. I'm going to say no symptoms. I'm going to say no symptoms. Okay, that's good. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt on that one. So... They did keep her identity as protected as possible from the public in all written accounts. And while the exorcism was supposed to be a secret, Reverend Carl Vogel was able to gather eyewitness accounts of the incident. And he actually published a pamphlet called Be Gone, Satan. Um, And that's how the story got so much traction and so much information is that pamphlet. He could not have named that pamphlet anything better. I know. It was, I would not. Agree. Yes, I would not accept anything less than a pamphlet called "Be Gone, Satan." Yes, I was gonna buy it, but then I realized I didn't have money to buy it. So I'll oh. tell you about it later. That's my whole life. I got it. So yes, and while the validity of this and all other exorcisms is, of course, still questioned, um, eyewitnesses are adamant that this is one thousand percent true. Um, some believe that the like there's like an, a legend in early that you can still de- see the claw marks in the oak doors of where she was trying to like escape the convent. Ooh, that's creepy. That is very yeah. creepy. So that that's is, that's like an urban legend, you know. Others insist that Anna suffered from a mental illness, which I guess the the only part I'm not understanding is the levitating and hanging from door frames. If you can explain that, that'd be great. <clears throat> And Anna Eklund, or Emma Schmidt, she either died on July 23rd, 1941, at the age of 59, or 
if it's Hulda Emma Schmidt, she died on June 23rd, 1964 at the age of 81. I never had any more possessions after that. Or, I'm sorry, uh, how correction. old was... Well, obviously she didn't have any possessions after she died, but how old was she when she died, if she were the first one again? 59. 5'9". Okay. Um, and I should have said possessions. That time? Potentially, yeah, so potentially she was still possessed. It was just mild and manageable, but she never had any more exorcisms. You could just so. take a Tylenol and power through. Yeah, basically. Okay. So take a Benadryl, is- <laughs> go through the the symptoms, fall asleep, you know, not have to deal with it. Yep. Exactly. Those demons and Benadryl. I mean, that's the key, guys. If you're possessed, take a Benadryl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> According to Brianna. I think it's accurate. So Possession 101. <laughs> we are not experts, but we will pretend to be. You did oh, give me a, a really percent. good, uh, really good idea at the end of your story when you said that you could still see the scratch marks on the door. Uh huh. If, well, we have plans to eventually sell this house and maybe move somewhere else because I want more <laughs> land. But when we leave, before we leave this house, I'm going to get inside all of the closets and scratch the doors and see what happens when the next person moves in. You're evil. I think. What that if they be just hilarious. tear the doors out and they don't ever see it? You're going to see scratches oh, on a door. Definitely see it. I mean, the yeah. construction people who tore it apart would definitely see it, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, when my sister, I mean, this has nothing to do with anything. But, you know, when my sister and I were kids, uh, my parents replaced the dishwasher one time. I think it was when we were like four or five. And my sister ended up writing a treasure map of like the backyard or whatever inside of the little compartment where the dishwasher used to go and when my parents remodeled the whole kitchen we saw it and it just became i i don't know but i mean you can definitely like see it it's very apparent if that makes sense you have like a crew coming in to do it they're gonna like not even care they're gonna be like whatever oh no the the crew literally pointed this out okay but i'd also tell the crew don't show me that type of stuff i don't want to know I don't. We're gonna bless bless the shit out of holy water the whole fucking place, and sage the shit out of it. No one's getting possessed on my watch, okay? But don't tell me about it. It's happening one way or another. The blessing, the holy water, the whole nine yards. It's all happening. And uh, And what you should do, what you should do is you should get like one of those safety pins, and you know you should unlock it from the hook, and then you should just scratch the. On one of the doors, just help me. What you should do is put a bloody handprint on the inside of the closet that never gets cleaned off. Oh, I'm gonna go to town. I'm gonna have like marks on the wall, like how many days they've been in there. James laughed. He's like, "Yeah, that'd be funny." So <laughs> he's all for it. Well, what what you well, have to married. do? What you'd have to do is you'd have to like, I don't know how long you plan on staying there, but you'd have to go to a closet that you know y'all like never use and you don't really care about put the put you know like i don't know say 260 like a very noticeable number like 263 or something like that or like 352 or something i don't know well you got a tally marks you got to do on, tally yeah, marks you yeah, do the, the tallies tally. and then you got to put wallpaper over it so it looks like you were trying to cover it up yeah, spill something red on like cranberry juice on the carpet and then pull up the carpet and replace it. 
Yes. <laughs> do it. Do yeah. it. I like the idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are probably not the best people. <laughs> Maybe don't listen to us, but we definitely want that yeah. to happen. So, all right. That would, honestly, though, anyone who's listening to this podcast, and if y'all ever hear a story of Amanda being locked in the closet by her husband, it's not true. I promise. No, it's not. <laughs> we just locked my daughter in there when she wouldn't quit crying. Yeah. Yep. Well, you know, you, you locked her in there. Oh, no. <laughs> well, you know, in that case, put like a good, I don't know, say 500 days tallies on there (laughs) her first three years her third birthday we allowed her out leave a diary too (laughs) and like get all tattered up as you can like get as tattered as possible and be like the child has (laughs) or place it in the fireplace and then like blow it out you know and once once you know the new people come in they'll see it they'll be like the fuck but we don't have a fireplace, so I can't do that. Oh. Put it in the wall. Put it like like you're the trying to wall. like cut out yes. on the wall and like put yes. it in the <laughs> Yes. Well, you remember you'd have to like cut out a piece of the wall and then put wallpaper over it. So you got a lot to do, girl. Wait. I know what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna get a fancy little box and I'm gonna put a lock on it and make it ridiculously difficult to open. And I'm gonna leave one of my wisdom teeth in there. No, because you, you are disgusting. Out. <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you already, are. You can't do what? that. You got, there's no Takesies Baxies. You're already giving them out. I've got four. Okay, but you've and already told four people. Yeah, yeah one what about your best friends? What about your best it. friends? You said that she would give your best friends. Actually, yeah, there's at least a few of them that don't want it, I guarantee yeah, but there's only one that would like cry if I sent it to her. So, <laughs> so the, I'll take hers and I'll put it in a fancy box and leave it in the wall of this house. Okay, but leave a diary. Ooh, and get a lock of Annie's hair and put it with it too. Perfect. Okay. Oh, um, but but you you'd have to pull out the hair to make sure that police can identify it. I don't want them to identify no. it. Oh, true, true. Just, You're gonna just do cut it, it like out. A, just cut it out. Like back in the old days where uh, women used to send locks of hair with their husbands or something. Yeah. Oh, leave a leave an old creepy doll with it too. Yes. Um, oh, ball. even better. Even better. Leave the doll like so it's going to be locked in this box with the tooth and the hair and a diary, right? And then like on the wall, make it look like it's the or like in the box, do like scratches from the doll. Ooh, yes. <laughs> or ooh, do just pieces of the doll. And make it look like you tried to burn it. Like three quarters of the doll, or she's missing like an arm or something. Yeah, but like hide the other pieces around the house. Like in different spots. Ooh. Oh my god, this house even has a crawl space and an attic question mark? Is that an attic? At least he encourages this. Everybody find a spouse that encourages your ridiculousness. <laughs> um, yes, I I like it. Tell him we're all on board. When it happens, invite me and Brie out so that we can help plant everything. Yes. Plants? I'm going to need to plant what? All the things. The the things for the... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah sure. leaving oh, them at oh, house. Oh, by the yeah. creepy doll. Oh, I'm going to need to uh, leaving a summoning circle. 
under the carpets. So we also, oh, yes. we, you didn't hear, but we also decided we're going to tear it, like cut the doll apart and like make it look like you tried to burn it and leave it in different parts of the house. Mm-hmm. In walls in different parts yes. of the house. Yes. We decided attic, crawl space, wall so far. It's going to be Y'all, the puzzle I that literally this- nobody wants to finish. <laughs> I realized that this somebody was gonna post a TikTok about your fucking house like five <laughs> years later. You know what's funny is I saw a TikTok the other day. Oh my god, yeah, is that blind moving? No, someone watch that blind. Someone watch it. I swear to God, I keep seeing it moving the camera. Anyways, I'll um, pull the video later. I'll let you know. It I, the window's open, so it just might be wind. But or it could be and, somebody reaching their arm through your house. Hmm nothing exciting in here guys it definitely is somebody <laughs> so. reaching their arms you know what it is it's mothman he's coming oh, I, it I only want mini moth i only accept mini no moth. sorry it's mothman you have you can't hey, do if, anything if mini moth is with he's gonna him, come and attack that. your car he just wants a hug i'm not gonna hug any other i'm not gonna hug anyone like cody barely gets a hug my parents get a hug that's it done you know what i would hug mothman I would not. I would I'm hug Mini Moth. Guarantee, I guarantee that Amanda, you would hug Mothman. And I guarantee that Bryce, you would just step away very carefully and slowly. <laughs> I'd be like, you have wings. Thank you, but no thank you. That's the best she part. You give him, him a the hug. Devil's winged creature, he... even though he saved people from terror. He tried to warn them, but nobody listened. Yeah. He, he, he's a moth. He can't speak language he can't speak human language he tried he to, didn't warn to scream at them he didn't scream at them yes he did he shrieked at those miners look i just want to go back to where you said his wings that would be the absolute best part of that hug because no. you go to hug him and his giant 10 foot wings just wrap you up in a nice leathery little hug or he flaps those wings and you're fucking 30 feet in the goddamn air and he's gonna drop you oh my god that's the dream well, I mean, except for the dropping part. What? Um. All right. Thank you for listening to Hell on Heels podcast. To see pictures from this episode or specifically from Bree's, Bree's story, you can follow us on Instagram at Hell on Heels podcast or Twitter, which is Hell on Heels pod or Facebook, Hell on Heels podcast as well. And you can I find us on you, they are very by typing in Hell on Heels podcast. Was that, I, did you say that on purpose? I can't tell if oh. you were talking to Jack or us. Yeah, sorry. I, oh. I was talking to y'all. Um, okay. I warn you, they are very creepy. So yes. just beware. <laughs> okay. So if you want to support us, please be sure to like, review, rate, share, and subscribe um, on your listening. Whoop. And subscribe on your preferred listening platforms. If you want to take your support one step further, um, you are able to actually support us on Patreon. And if you do support us there, we would be able to create more content for you. You can donate through Patreon, um, where we are working to release specials on Patreon, such as we do regular game nights monthly. Um, That's because we are trying to get to know one another as well, because again, we have not met in person. Um, And we are also planning on doing like a deep dive on some of our bigger cases that we plan to cover. So those will be specials on Patreon. If you have your own true crime or paranormal stories, suggestions, or words of encouragement, please email us at hellonheelspodcast at gmail.com. And thank you all so much for listening. Be sure to tell your friends to listen as well. Um, That would be awesome as well. And that'd be another form of support we'd really appreciate. 
Um, and this has been Hell on Heels podcast. Bye. Bye. Y'all. Bye.